You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome back to Chakras and Shotguns, Episode 7. I'm Jen. And I'm Mick. Welcome back. How are you feeling today? I'm good. It's my favorite part of the week, recording with you. Aren't you sweet? I am. I'm very sweet. Um, I was thinking about um, like getting ready today. And, and quick side note, there's so much I want to talk about on this podcast, which is good from a content perspective. Yeah. Um, there's so many things I want to get into that I can't wait. Yeah, we're to trying talk to about. we're trying to pace ourselves. I think yeah. give you a little little chunks at a time. But yeah, there's definitely a, a wealth of information we want to talk about on this. Yes. Um, but I got an email um, earlier today or yesterday. I can't remember. But um, I've been trying to get in my self care bag. Okay. You know, take care of self. Love it. And I've started going back to the spa, feeling comfortable with like COVID protocols and all that jazz. And they sent me an email. They have a new facial called The Optimist. Love it. And it's about connecting your mind with your skin. Now, when I read what they do in there, I don't. Like, I thought maybe there was going to be a meditation or something, but it didn't really sound like that. So I don't really know. Creative marketing, maybe? I don't know. I guess. And I and I think that's that was like an interesting thought that I had, too, where I was like, are they commercializing wellness? Like, is this like, are they making a gimmick out of wellness? Or is this becoming more of the collective consciousness? Like, are they responding to the demand for alternative treatments, more holistic type of... Yeah, I think just kind of putting my marketing hat on, I think they're probably doing some research, mm -hmm. asking open-ended questions to folks, and they're hearing this back from the collective, right? Their target audience that folks are getting more into some of these wellness practices. And so they're trying to, you know, come up with new offerings mm -hmm. that can tap into that. Now, we can maybe critique their execution of it if it's not kind of hitting the mark. Right. Um but I think that is what's happening right now. No, I think, and I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's also kind of like a, um, for some people who may not even even be familiar with those types of practices, that might be their first, like, huh? Um, I talked to my skincare, and it was like a tip I heard, and I was like, I'm gonna try that, and so like I affirm my skincare. No, I think it's it's based on science, right? There's tons of studies that show like when you talk to your plants or talk to your glass of water mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, provide that optimism, you know, being being an optimist. Hey. Going back to that that uh, spot offering. But you no, know, being being very optimistic towards living things. Right. Um, they respond well to it. And so a lot of those products are primarily water. Water, know. yeah. Plant based. So, exactly. So yeah. So it, I I tell my like my I don't know, my moisturizer, for instance, it, whatever it says it's supposed to do, I like repeat that almost like a mantra as I'm putting it on my skin. I don't know. How's my skin look? 
I mean, I'm, I'm feeling it. <laughs> That's how I'm doing. How's, what's going on with you? You know, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm in a really good space. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk today a little bit about um, our topic today. Um, yeah, I'm loving the feedback we're getting on the podcast. Yes, lots yes. Of folks, lots of folks have been sending us DMs, comments. Um, follow us on Instagram if you aren't already at Chakras and Shotguns um, because we're loving that engagement mm-hmm. uh, and have, you know, just really enjoyed interacting with folks who are listening. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, and we'll get into some of the stuff that we have been doing this week to prepare for this episode. So, yeah. Oh, and real quick, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the UK. Uh, yes. We've been uh, super surprised to see just how many folks in the UK are listening to us. Um and the sure. love the love is mutual, okay? <laughs> the love is mutual. I I love British TV. We're streaming Love Island right now. Mm-hmm. UK version is the only version, okay? Yeah, we don't really mess with the US version of Love Island. So, you know, we rock with the UK on that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Australia does get a second now. We also have had some some, some listeners, listeners out in Australia. Yeah. Shout out to the Aussies. Good day. For sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you want to get into the breath work? Yes. So a little quick intro to the breathwork today. I thought that um, some deep breathing and belly breathing specifically would be a good build on where we left off last week with the solar plexus, which is all about the core, and would also be a really good precursor to our topic today, which goes into our preparedness side. Um, because as you strengthen the diaphragm, it's a really important breathing muscle and it actually activates the parasympathetic nervous system. And so this signals us to relax and calm down. Um, It also reduces levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone in the body. So as we start getting into our prepping side today and talking about, you know, emergency situations, all of that, why don't we go ahead and calm down a little bit first? I like it. Sound good? Let's do it. Okay. So please get into a comfortable seating position. You can also lay down if you'd like. Um, close your eyes. Let's put one hand over our chest and one hand on our belly. Let's take in one deep breath. And as you take in this deep breath, I want you to almost go against your intuition of sucking your stomach in. We want to expand our belly out. So taking in that deep breath, pushing against your hand. And exhale through your nose. Let's do that again. Inhale through the nose, expanding your belly. Try to keep your upper body, your chest, and your shoulders as still as possible. And exhale through your nose. Let's do that again. Inhale in through your nose, directing your breathing towards your abdomen. Keeping the upper part of your torso very still. and exhale through your nose. On this last one, make sure your tongue is not stuck to the roof of your mouth. 
And why don't we smile as we did this last one? So inhale in through your nose, expanding your belly. And exhale through your nose. All right. All right. Thanks so much for that. That was great. So while that was kind of happening, I don't know if you guys heard it on the mic, my stomach growled a little bit, <laughs> which I feel like is an apropos transition to the main topic, right? So so, so we're going to talk about food preparedness. And Jen and I, you know, we were trying to come up with a good name for this episode. Um, and we have a ton of inside jokes, lots of gifts and memes and little short videos, uh, RIP Vine, um, <laughs> that we like to... Uh, that we like to, you know, reference and we'll just randomly say stuff to each other. And so we thought about this one that comes from, um, there's a little boy named Antoine um, who looks at his mom and he basically says, where are we about to eat at? And I feel like that was the perfect name for the episode because, you know, I think about in a preparedness situation, there's going to be a lot of folks um, when kind of the SHTF or shit hits the fan, they're going to be asking, where are we about to eat at? Where are we about to eat at? So, yeah, um, we're going to break this topic up into two parts. We'll first talk about the types of food that you can buy and have on hand um, and, you know, kind of be prepared for um, emergency, emergency situations, as well as um, we'll dive into growing your own food in the second part. So, yeah, let's start first with food storing. What are some things that come to mind when you think about storing food? Um, well, you know, I think a lot about the show Hoarders. You know, Can, can I do my Hoarders sound? <laughs> go for it. Every time I make fun of Mick, I mean, you know, it's that pull, push and pull in a married couple of like people bringing things into the house. And so every time I think he's like tripping up on some Hoarders type trait. <laughs> when you watch the show and they like show how terrible the horde is, they always go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's like that's the transition in the show. And she always likes to to do that. Anytime I talk about buying some more stuff for my preps. But um, no, I wanted to talk a little bit about when when COVID hit and kind of how we approach that. Yes. So that was a very um, shit hits the fan type moment. However. Given Mick's mindset and how long he's kind of been in this space, he was prepared way before anybody else was. Yeah. So it was like late February, early March. My spidey sense was just like tingling. I was like, something doesn't feel right about this. I'm reading all of these news reports. I'm seeing what's happening kind of across China and Asia. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of moving. We hear about the, the cases that first popped up in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we were actually in Europe and we were hearing about the, there was a case in like the Swiss Alps. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like, that was like early February we were, we were in Europe and I was like, hmm, this is starting to feel a little weird. Um, and I spent a lot of time working in consumer products companies. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking through, okay, if people are getting sick and it's taking them out for two weeks. I'm imagining if this starts to affect some of the workforces who are driving the trucks, working in the, um, the, the the actual warehouses that are distributing the products, people who are actually on the assembly lines, this could have a real impact on just like 
basic product availability. So yeah. I was kind of quietly putting stuff in the car at Target, um, you know, water, paper products, things like that. Um, and I was nudging my wife who kind of handles the the grocery shopping <laughs> to, to get into the grocery store. Yeah. And, and, and as it was sweeping through China and how much we know we depend on China for a plethora of things... That was also a concern, like the things that you need, the things that you want. Are you going to be able to get them? Um, So, yes, I am responsible for meals in the household. And so primarily because she is very picky about her food. She wants. Whoa. whoa. You are picky. Whoa. I can survive on basic chicken breast with salt and pepper on it. You shouldn't tell people that. But I could. When I was a bachelor. (laughs) I just bake a whole tray of chicken yeah. breast with some salt and pepper. Y'all, it was so sad. And I was fine with it. She don't want to eat that, though. So I'm like, okay, you know, you got the grocery list. I thought you were going to be open and vulnerable on this episode and talk about how I am responsible for the meals because I am a much better cook than you. Oh, that's not even me being vulnerable. I tell the world that. Like, <laughs> My cooking consists of very basic, just survival meals. Like, I know how to put some chicken in a baking dish and put it in the oven until it's baked and ready to go. Like, I'm not going to die from eating it. Like, it's it's well cooked. It may be dry, but it's fine with me. (laughs) Anyway, so as that is my responsibility in the household, Mick was on me to grocery shop and grocery shop for, like, maybe a couple of weeks, I think we agreed. Like, yeah. Maybe. I wanted frozen stuff. I wanted like stuff yeah. that had like, you know. Yeah. So they can make um, it for a while. And I think we were also both in agreement that even though it was kind of like, oh, that's a China problem. like Or it was like, oh, that's a Wuhan province problem. Oh, that's a China problem. And then there were some cases that were popping up in Europe. Even though it was like here and there, given the state of our government at the time, we were both very much so in agreement that like, we're not going to handle this well. And yeah. I mean, we as a country. Exactly. Surprise. Exactly. We're clairvoyant. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we were trying to plan ahead for a couple of weeks. I was actually really, really busy at work at the time. And it was like every day. Mick was like, did you go to the grocery store today? And I was like, no, I'm tired. And he was like, you need to go to the grocery store. And then it was like, finally, it was March and he had been on me for maybe like a week. Yeah. It was like March, maybe the week before everybody started shutting down. Yeah. And Mick was like, please, like, I really, really need you to go. And I was like, okay, I'll make it a priority. And I went and I needed to do our regular grocery order. But then I was also thinking through like things that I could have on hand to cook for the next couple of weeks. And there was no one in the grocery store. Everything was fully stocked. Um, when I was checking out, the cashier asked me if I had a large family. He was like, ma'am, do you have a large family? Like, you're buying a lot of stuff. And I didn't even buy that much stuff. Like, I think I maybe spent $300. Yeah, like it was like a Thanksgiving meal type of shop. Right. Not like, a, you know, preparing for a month at home. Right. It yeah. wasn't like I had two carts full to the brim. No, I had one cart. But, you know, had some a lot of canned goods and like those types of things. And he was like, oh, do you have a large family? I was like, no. I mean, COVID, we don't know what's going to happen. He was like, oh, yeah, I have been hearing something about that. And a week later, like bef- by the by the end of that week, I think I might have went on a Tuesday. Yeah. 
by that Monday, I wasn't at work anymore. Like, nobody was going yeah. into the office. Like, it, everything was, had shut down. That was the week of March 5th, I believe, because the next week was March 12th. That, that was the Monday. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I have these dates, like, memorized. I, just, I don't like, either. I just remember, like, <laughs> very vividly how it all went down. Like, yeah, that next week, we were not at work. And, like, I remember going to Target, the same Target I had been kind of, like, you know, I, I was basically making, like, two trips to Target a week, kind of slowly grabbing up water and things. Didn't want to, like, go in there and, like, have this huge cart. I was like, I, I, I tend to stop by there on my way to daycare to drop off our daughter. So it was like right there. I can yeah. you know, just very easily go. Um, and I remember going in like after you had gone to the grocery store and this lady was freaking out. She's like, oh my God, everybody bought up all the toilet paper. And that was my first time like hearing about like the toilet paper rush, mm. you know? And I, I was like, we're all good. We, you know, we, <laughs> we stocked up long time ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just it was just like a crazy situation to see people like literally like screaming and freaking out um, in Target over like stuff like that. Yeah, there were people I think it was like maybe that last Thursday or Friday and there were people like, oh, have you gone to the grocery store? Have you heard they're buying up stuff? They were like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Maybe I'll go at lunch and get a couple of bags of stuff. And I'm kind of like, uh. Uh, baby, you need to plan because everything was shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people, it was, it was, it was a lot um, going on. The the lines were super long. Shelves were starting to get bare. I mean, you guys know. So, um, yeah. So yeah. So for a while there, we were cooking at home every day because we didn't really know. You, you know, you guys remember we weren't sure how it was spreading. We weren't sure if it was like airborne for a while we didn't know if it was like you know staying on product or whatever because look we are a big food delivery household over here because we got a lot going on and i can be cooking gourmet meals all the time yeah so um but we kind of put a a stop on all of that and like so we were cooking a lot then but then you know we gradually kind of scaled back on that especially having like a small kid and full-time jobs and all of that we eventually were able to to start yeah. Getting that Uber Eats going again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We so we were going through a lot of Clorox wipes to wipe wipe stuff down because I think that they didn't tell us yet yeah. that you know what the surfaces looked like, and that was another thing that was hard to come by. Like Clorox wipes were like gold. Yes. Um, at that point in time. So yeah. So there's um, that. And then more recently, that ice storm. Yep. That one actually really shut down access to the grocery store. Like you did not want to drive at that time yeah. at all. Electricity was really bad. So grocery stores were without electricity. So it was like you, you couldn't get to the grocery store and then you couldn't access the grocery store if you got there. Yeah. So that was a another huge situation. That situation, I think, was a little bit more dire. Definitely. Um, you, couldn't, you also couldn't get delivery, right? Because the roads were a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the cities in Texas just aren't equipped to deal with snow and ice. Right. So there's no, like, salting the roads. There's no... Um, you know, shoveling that happens, um, street clearing, anything like that. Like, you know, things the things that you get up north um, just don't exist um, down here. So there was no way of getting groceries delivered, um, restaurant, Uber Eats orders, any of that. Yeah. yeah. So that was about a week of eating off of our food stores. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I mean, I don't think it was all bad. I had some gumbo frozen. Oh, yeah. I love eating the gumbo. We ate gumbo several days in a row, and I was not complaining <laughs> at all. Um, no, but but I think that raises a good point. Um, you know, if you think back to our discussion around water, I think as we intro into kind of food preparation, um, the first 
thing you want to do is kind of figure out how much food you want to have on hand, like how much or how long are you preparing to be without your typical, um, you know, grocery store access, right? Um, and so we kind of talked through here, um, starting out, thinking of, of it as like a two-week period, right? Mm-hmm. And in kind of the case of the ice storm and kind of that initial wave of COVID, you're talking like two to maybe like four weeks to things kind of got back to normal. So if you can kind of plan for something in that range, at least initially, and then kind of work your way to something a little bit more long-term, I think that's a good first step to start. Yes, definitely. So think about what you typically have on hand. So are you someone that keeps the bare minimum? Like, do you use your oven to store your shoes? Or do you (laughs) always have a store of frozen and canned goods at your house? So I think from there, you can figure out what you need to supplement to get you to two weeks or whatever time period you want to prep for. Also, depending on like your housing situation, like if you're in an apartment or if you're in a house, I think that also kind of determines how much storage space. If you tend to move like every year, sometimes you don't really want to move a lot of food. So think through some of those things, like when you're trying to think of um, preparing for like the next six months to a year. Definitely. Um, So we wanted to kind of go over a few different kind of food categories and just kind of discuss how you should think about prepping and like kind of consuming them um, in different emergency situations, right? Um, So let's start with fresh produce. I mean, I think this one seems like common sense for most people, um, but you should definitely work through that food first. You want to make sure your your things that are going to spoil quickly are, are you know, the first things that you kind of go through uh, as a household. Um, I, I wanted to bring that up because I think a lot of folks aren't really um, familiar with the mindset and kind of what happens when you're in one of those emergency situations. And so I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about going back to that experience that we had with the ice storm. I remember just my mind being kind of all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. We we saw the reports that the the ice was coming. We didn't quite know how bad it was going to be. Uh, but once it hit, um, there was just a lot of things on my mind. I'm thinking, okay, um, are our kids warm enough? Um, is the dog okay? Is it is is he warm enough? Um Are the pipes in the house going to freeze? Are we going to have access to running water? Um, You know, I'm just thinking about all these different things at once. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm not necessarily thinking about like what's in my fruit bowl or like, you know, the the food that is sitting in the in the in the refrigerator in the crispers like that could potentially go bad. Right. Right. And it was an evolving situation, too. So it wasn't like. It wasn't like a thunderstorm hit and then like the lights were out and then you were like, okay, now we're just waiting on the lights to come on. It was rolling and impacting people very differently. So it was like, oh, we have lights today. And then it's like, oh, the lights are out. Oh, now we're on a boil water notice. So it was like a constantly evolving situation that you had to be very nimble about. Um, And then from like an emotional standpoint, it impacted pretty much the entire state. Yeah. So, you know, we have friends and family all over the state. and so. You're trying to worry about what's going on at your current location and then like worrying about other people and then like worrying about you're not worrying about other people. And you're yeah, trying, yeah. trying to text everybody and like, are you OK? Are you OK? And, yeah. um, and then you kind of feel helpless, too, because 
you couldn't really tell people. And this wasn't from a selfish standpoint, but it was like, I don't want anyone coming here because the roads are not safe. Yeah, exactly. So like our elderly, you know, folks in our family who may or may not have had power and water, it's like, well, how can we get them to our house safely? Right. Like there wasn't really a great solution. Like we don't have like tire chains and things like that. Right. Like we're not prepared for that type of, you know, weather down here at all. And right. so it's just like you feel helpless. And so you're the last thing on your mind is I need to eat that apple before it goes bad. You know what I mean? Like right, it's right. So you have to kind of like have a plan in your head before going into one of those situations. Um, maybe even like write it down somewhere and then like kind of pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, keep a note on your phone. That's what I do. I have like a little just reminders of things to think about, you know, when I'm in that situation. So I'm not having to like juggle that in my mind mm-hmm. as well as like whatever the situation is that I'm trying to address. Right. And it's just not it's not in our nature as first world citizens to think like that either. You'd be like, but I don't want an apple. Well, you need to eat your apple because there are other food stores that you have as backup and like you can use that now and otherwise it exactly. goes to waste and exactly. we don't know what's next. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think writing that down is a is a really good plan um, and it just like relieves you of that mental labor. For sure. Um, so just kind of moving on, um, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with, with some of the fresh produce. A lot of times, you know, that's in the refrigerator. So kind of wanted to move to like refrigerated and, and frozen foods. Yeah. So if your electricity is on, your refrigerator, your freezer, if you really got it going, your deep freezer, if that's still on and rocking, then that's great for food storage, right? Because um, frozen food can last a long time. Um, you could always cook a little extra when you're cooking from time to time and like freeze that for an emergency. So I always keep a few frozen meals, like a frozen pizza or two, just in case, which is which is also like a great level. If like you're in an apartment and you're a bachelor or a bachelorette, <laughs> let's be um, gender neutral. Um, you're in an apartment, you don't cook, you don't care about cooking, but you just want to have something in case something like this happens. Just get a couple extra frozen meals and like a couple frozen pizzas and like that'll last you at least for a day or two. Yeah. Um, that's like I, a great I, base I could level. eat off those, you know, frozen pizzas for a couple of days. You know, I have part of it for lunch. Right. A little bit for dinner. You know, I, I was making it work when I was a bachelor with those those frozen joints. So. There you go. So um, the freezer is great. If your electricity is out, however, then you need to start thinking through how to best utilize that food and not let that go to waste while you're in your emergency situation. So if it requires refrigeration, if the rule of thumb is if it's spent more than four hours at a temperature warmer than 40 degrees, don't eat it. So if the electricity goes out, you don't know when it's coming back, I would start moving through those um, that refrigerated food, start heating that up if you can, um, and include your fresh veggies and your fresh herbs so they don't go to waste. If it's frozen, so the rule of thumb there is if the power goes out on your frozen food, if there are still ice crystals or it's cool to the touch, then you should be good to eat it. So try to also incorporate these if you can sooner rather than later. Um, This made sense to me. I mostly made this up, but I just feel like my grandmother told me to tell y'all this. Don't be opening the freezer up 
and looking at your food all the time and letting all the cold air out. Yeah. I mean, they tell you that, um, you know, from the government or whatever, right? They'll tell you, like, if your power's out and the, and the freezer power's off, like, the longer you keep it closed, the longer the food will stay frozen. So, yeah, just limit how much you're, you're looking in there. Okay. <laughs> letting all my cold air out. <laughs> exactly. All right. So moving on to the pantry. Um, you definitely want to keep some long shelf life items in your pantry. Um, make sure you're just kind of checking the expiration dates every kind of six to 12 months. Um, you know, a few suggestions of just foods that have um, longer shelf life, uh, peanut butter, whole wheat crackers, trail mix, uh, nuts, cereal, pasta, uh, and of course, uh, canned goods. So any type of veggies, fruit, soup, even canned meat. Um, mm. I mean... If you if you like it, then if, you hey, if, you need, it. if you need if you need some protein, you need to have meat with your meals. Have some canned meat. Go for it. It's not you know my cup of tea personally, but um, it's a suggestion, right? One uh, thing I'd also add on there is uh, pasta sauce. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that we try to do, um, we we aren't we aren't always great about it because things kind of get in the way, right? You know, life. Um, but we try to like kind of rotate out our canned goods. Canned goods aren't something we typically cook with. We like tend to more so go for fresh produce, but um, just from a prepping standpoint, we like to have some canned goods. And so just to make sure we're not like having expired goods, you know, in the, in the pantry or letting them go bad, um, we try to like rotate in um, new canned goods and take those ones that are getting closer to the expiration date, like maybe two months out from their expiration date, take them over to the food pantry. Uh, it's a good way just to kind of keep your, your stocks um, fresh, but at the same time, you know, doing a little good. Yeah. So hopefully they can utilize them. Either they're serving them or they're giving them to people who are in need who will use them quickly. And we're not giving expired food to the food pantry. Well, yeah, they won't take expired food. So that's what I'm saying. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean. Like, oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done shifts at the food pantry. I know how it, how it all works. So, um, yes, yeah, so like two months out um, is a good, good range for them. So I just wanted to say, yeah, make sure you guys have a can opener or two. Um, in prepping, there's a phrase that, you know, a lot of a lot of folks in the prepping community utilize it. Think it started in the military. Um, it basically says two is one and one is none. Um, and so the idea is that basically things fail. You know, having one of something uh, and kind of depending on that to be available to you um, could really you know put you in a bad spot. So making sure for certain like key things you have redundancy built in. Um, so a can opener, I think, is one of those things that is pretty critical. So you want to try to have two of those on hand. Yes, and make sure one or two of those are not electric because you'll have all these canned goods and the electricity goes out. I like I heard a story about some people that had been had been prepping and they had all this stuff stored up and then they didn't have a can opener. They only had an electric can opener, so they could not eat any of their food. Or I did see a YouTube video where you can roll the lid of the can on concrete and it'll like expose the seam and then you can use a knife. Yeah, we should um we should link that video in, in the show notes. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I I have not mastered that technique yet. Um, hopefully I don't have to. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good, just like hey, if you find yourself in a situation where you don't have a can opener and you can't get out of your house, but you have the internet, you can look at that YouTube video. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, I also want to just kind of bring up you know with that whole like two is one and one is none thing. Um, you know we were watching that that Netflix show, um, alone, right? And so for folks who may have not heard of the show. 
Um, it's basically a reality TV show. They have a bunch of hardcore, like survivalist types, you know, think like the doomsday prepper type folks. Um, and they drop them off in the tundra. Um, and like winter is kind of winter is coming, like Game of Thrones, right? They're like in the fall and they're like having to make it through the winter. Um, and kind of the person who makes it to the end, I think wins like a million dollars or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this one guy, he was like super like knowledgeable about all different types of survival and bushcraft. Um, and so he even like made like this hot tub, like he found like an old boat hull and like figured out a way to make him, make himself a hot tub outside of his shelter, which I was like, this dude is awesome. But he did, ended up not winning. Um, because he lost his his like fire starter. Um, and they're only allowed to have a certain number of items. So I understand why he didn't have multiple, but like that basically torpedoed his chances. Like he was like, I can't even make it through the night. Like I think the sun was going down and he hadn't found it. And he was like, oh, I'm out. I'm tapping out. Like I can't yeah. make this fire because the fire was keeping away a lot of the predators, like the wolves and bears and stuff. Cause he had like meat and, you know, he had been hunting. And so he was like, I'm exposed. Like if I don't have this fire and that just like took him out. Just sad. I'm like, dude, build a whole hot tub, but can't even right. get this fire going. He had a whole hot bath. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, at least he got clean before he went home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, try to try to have two of those critical things is, is kind of the point there. Um, so, lastly, kind of want to just move on and talk about kind of these long haul emergency meals. Um, you know, for the long term, you want to have kind of these packaged foods that have the moisture removed from them. Um, so, you know, there's there's dehydrated, there's free-dried foods out there and they tend to have those little packets in them that kind of keep that that moisture out of out of them, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, just helps improve the, the shelf life overall. I was going <laughs> to... You said moisture has been removed. It made me think of uh, McDonald's hamburger patties. <laughs> I think, like, they don't mold because they don't have much moisture. Yeah, yeah. I think it's what, like, you know, Wendy's was kind of coming at them and, you know, talking about how they're fresh versus, like, McDonald's not having much moisture in their packages. <laughs> it's just interesting brand wars. I, my marketing nerd comes out. Um, yeah, so these these meals, um, you know, they, again, as I mentioned, they have the moisture removed from them. Um, and they have shelf life around, like, five years uh, in most yeah. cases. Um, and so there, there are a few different brands on the market. Um, there's Wise Company, Mountain House, Alpine Air, to, to name a few of the bigger brands. Um, you can find them all over the place directly on their websites or going to like a, um, a sporting goods store or to Amazon to, to pick some of those up. Also wanted to just mention in here MREs, which stands for meal ready to eat. Um, those are, are military issued meals, um, that a lot of, you know, combat soldiers have when they're out in the field um, and and need to have some type of nourishment. Um, Those can last, you know, five to 10 years, kind of depending on the temperature that they're stored at. Um, And then like the Surgeon General kind of like looked at if you had to just eat nothing but MREs, like you could go up to like 21 days straight uh, eating MREs. (laughs) So (laughs) I kind of like preview this at the very beginning of the show, but um in prep for this show, we actually tasted a few of these brands yesterday, including a government MRE. And baby, stay prayed up, okay? Stay prayed up that we do not hit one of these situations, okay? 
And um, I'll say this. Stay with some garlic powder. Uh, I would say stay with some uh, some Tonys. If you're from the South, you know what Tonys is. Some Lowry's. Lowry's is too high in sodium. But the reason why I had to back off of those is because a lot of these MREs, and I guess, and and this is me um, just guessing, that they have a lot of sodium, I would say, so it's a preservative, right? Yeah, like exactly. salt preserves. Yeah, whether MREs or the dehydrated meals that, that right. the other brands make as well, they both just have a lot of sodium content in them. Yeah, so you really want to be careful. And then even thinking further than that, if you're in a true emergency situation where you're eating these for sustenance and the sodium is already high, you're probably already rationing water. You yeah. don't want to add any more salt yeah. or any more sodium to um, to what you're eating. So think through some other spices that you can have on hand. Um, if you're not really into cooking, there's plenty of salt-free like spice blends that you can get. Like I think they have like lemon pepper or whatever. Yeah. I mean... My black behind would say lemon pepper. But anywho, um, <laughs> uh, garlic powder, oregano, basil. Yeah. Um, those are some really good ones. Parsley. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. There's like plenty of spice blends. Pepper would have went a long yeah, way. Yeah, I think black pepper would have definitely helped for sure. <sighs> yeah, I kind of wanted to just like talk a little bit about some of the the what we tasted. I mean, we'll go into more detail on our, our YouTube channel, but like... I think so. We tried like five different types of food. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were three kind of from the different brands that I mentioned earlier um, that have like the dehydrated meals, and you know they they come in different different like dishes, right? So there's like a an Alfredo um, teriyaki one that, rice, the teriyaki rice, right? Um, and so yeah, I think those were for the most part pretty fine, right? They they did have like kind of high sodium content, um, but I think some of those. Larger brands, you know, I think they were they were fine. They were fine. Yeah, if you had to like make it on those, fine. It wasn't top shift, but they were fine. Exactly, but like, there's a ton of conversation in the prepper community around MREs. Like everyone's like, you got to get some MREs, right? <sighs> oh, I just after <laughs> tasting that, I have like, whoa, like I have some friends who you know are veterans, and I'm like. I have a lot of respect for y'all for for you know you guys having to eat that like in in the field because some the, at least the one we tasted, I mean my stomach was hurting like for an hour after after even tasting a little bit of it. So I'm just like I don't know how I could go. I mean the Surgeon General said 21 days. Like I don't I can't make it. Let me tell you something. If we had a family crest, if Mick and Jen had a family crest. You know the like the little Latin saying, ours would be stomach integrity. That is very <laughs> important to us when we travel, especially if we're doing international travel and we're eating something like, Mm-mm, don't eat that stomach integrity because stomach integrity will fuck you up. Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, I think about like Walking Dead or like you know some of these scenarios that that like people are in. It's like, what if you ate something bad and you, you now you have to fight off a zombie? So like, yeah, stomach integrity is like. <laughs> It's like up there. It's like <sighs> one of the priorities for us. Because if your stomach situation is not right, you are very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I say all that to say on this episode, like if you're looking for food that you can store, don't get any MREs. Just just look at some of the other options that are out there. I know you'll see probably some folks online who will talk about why they're so great. And they do have a long shelf life. And if it really came down to it, 
I would eat one of the ones that we have left over from from our taste test yesterday. If it, if it really just if it really came down to yeah. it, right? But I'm not gonna stock my house and my prepping supplies with MREs. That's not that's not the game. I will say this: it did come. It had like a whole little. There were courses yeah, in the there, MREs. There were like, courses. They had like a little cracker course. They had crackers and peanut butter and jelly and. Yeah. Um, they even had some Skittles, mm-hmm. which were key to chase down the taste of that trash Main course, dish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a mess. <laughs> yeah, and it also has like, and you'll see it when we post our video, there's like this little pouch that like cooks the MRE for you. So I can see like that being, you know, useful if you're in, you know, a battle zone and need to eat something, you know, pretty quick, right? Yes, because that was going to be um, one of the cons of the other meals that we tasted if it came down to it, like we needed to boil water for that. Yeah. And so how do you do that? Yeah. If your electricity is out or if you don't have like a grill outside or something yeah. like that and you're trying to figure out how to boil water, um, that could be tricky. You could also, I think in at least one of them, I think you could just put the water in there and yeah. stir it. Yep. And, 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 and leave it in there for a while. Yeah. And then like hold your nose and try and eat it. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. It gets touchy there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm glad we're prepared, yeah. but I hope we don't have to eat that. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. So have some seasonings ready. Going back to to some of Jen's recommendations there, y'all. No, I gotta go back because the house smelled like that. MRE was disgusting. <laughs> I had a lot of candle. Yeah, the MRE was bad. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, if you guys want to see our our reactions to tasting some of that food, again, follow us on Instagram at Chakras and Shotguns. We also have a YouTube channel that we're getting off the ground uh, as well. So that's Chakras and Shotguns on YouTube. Um, a couple of like kind of closing notes on on the food thing. I wanted to talk a little bit about baby food. Yeah, jump in there. Jump in so there. if you have small children that are like still drinking bottles, make sure you have a little bit of extra formula on hand. Um, I'd probably approach this just the way we said about the water, like buying an extra container of formula. And then um, like when you use up one, go buy another one. So you usually have like two on hand. Um, Worst case scenario, you don't get to that last container and you could always give that away to a women's shelter or there's always somebody who who would need baby formula. Um, But yeah, that's good to have on hand, even if you're nursing. So you don't know what could happen in an emergency situation that could make nursing not feasible. Um, if you got ill, you probably still would want a nurse to to give your baby antibodies. But, um, you know, you could be sick. You could be down for the count. You could be um, not eating well enough and yeah. not giving yourself nutrients. You could be dehydrated. Your baby's not getting enough nutrients. So you need to give them a form, give them formula. So yeah, I was thinking dehydration. That's yeah. The biggest one, right? Like you're, you're not getting the nutrients in your body and like you don't have the nutrients to give. You kind of want to have something else for baby to eat. So, mm-hmm. so making sure that you're set there and then pet food. Yeah. So don't forget about your pets. Um, there are several different uh, emergency pet foods that you can buy out there. I won't go through kind of each one of them, but you can kind of Google um, and they come in similar containers to what you can find for the dehydrated like human food. Um, so just make sure you have um, something on hand that, it, that that same type of food has a super long shelf life. Um, so yeah, go out there and get you um, some stuff for, for your dog friends and your cat friends that are out there. Yes. And then finally, I talked earlier about heating up food. Um, 
And the entire time it was like, but what if you don't have electricity or natural gas and you can't use your kitchen? Um, having some sterno cans, that's also a great way to have some type of heating source or a grill could definitely be handy. Um, yeah, there's even like the, um, I think they're like called campfire cook cooking kits. Um, they have like little butane cans that come with those. Um, we have one of those. Um, so yeah, that's like our, our backup if, you know, grilling on the grill is an issue. We're out of power. Um, you want to have something else that you could prepare food with as well. So, yeah. Um, my last pointer would be if you do not have a prepping partner or a non-prepping partner that is as skilled in the kitchen as I am. No, if you don't have someone, if you don't really know your way around the kitchen, you don't cook, that's not something you're into. It might be a good idea to just get a couple of dishes under your belt, just like spaghetti or is some spaghetti in there um <laughs> spaghetti or like a baked chicken or something that you know that doesn't require a lot of ingredients you don't have to keep you don't have to have like a fully stocked spice rack or anything like that but know that you could cook for your survival i think i think as a society we kind of overlook cooking as like something that's really important for survival um and it could really come in handy yep Maybe I'll publish mix bacon, baked chicken recipe or something. They don't want to see that, baby. Oh, okay. Well, y'all, y'all email me if y'all want that. I got y'all. <laughs> okay. Now we're done with that. I am so excited. Y'all, we got listener questions. Yes, indeed. Thank you guys so much for sending those in. Okay. So our question is, I'm looking for ways to introduce my partner to spiritual topics like chakras, meditation, enlightenment. How would you suggest I start that process? All right. You want to jump in first? Sure. Um, If I'm reading into the question, maybe they think their partner wouldn't be interested or, you know, some of these more topics that I think conventionally might be far out or like a little weird, I would say don't try and convert them. Like don't try and grab them and be like, hey, we're going to start charging our crystals in a full moon. Shout out to Beyonce. You don't have to do that. Just start living it. I had heard that and like that really resonated with me. Like just start embodying, you know, whatever these practices are, just do it for yourself. And I think they'll start to notice like energetically how you're, how you're changing, how maybe you are more positive or how like certain things that used to trigger you don't, don't trigger you as much. And I think like they'll start to be like, okay, what you got going on? Like, tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit more about it. And they, they might start getting drawn in that way. Yeah. Um, I think also there are just a lot of really cool voices in the space. Um, and you can find them on social media. Uh, I think Instagram and TikTok in particular have a, a ton of just really short kind of content pieces that go into some of the um, spiritual topics. Um, so you can search for hashtags like hashtag spirituality, um, hashtag chakra healing, um, hashtag meditation, hashtag Reiki, any of these types of topics. Um, if you're specifically looking maybe for some black voices in the space, hashtag uh, black spirituality is a popular one. Um, and you can find a lot of really kind of great content that you can share with them to kind of get their, get them interested. Mm. Books, books can be great. Definitely. 
Um, for me, I know the first book that I read kind of in the space was The Untethered Soul. Um, it's a really cool book about like exploring your identity and um, kind of getting your mind to think about less about your um, identity being formed around the things that you do uh, and kind of getting to the heart of who you are and what your soul's purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of started started to get me to think outside of the, the box, I'd say. Mm. If I'm going to plug this book again, we talked about it before on the podcast. If your partner or a friend, whoever, um, if they are really like based in science, like maybe maybe you're not trying to get your super Christian partner into some of these topics. You're trying to get like your partner who isn't super religious or spiritual at all, but they're like very based in like science. The Biology of Belief is an excellent book. It's an excellent, excellent book to just talk about and very quickly capture how our body and our minds and our spirit is all connected and how they all are working together. So I love that book. Yeah. um, And last but not least, our podcast. Um, I think we are trying to like really create these kind of bite-sized portions of content that we can, um, you know, easily break down some of these topics that may be foreign to some folks um, in a way that is hopefully approachable uh, and down to earth. Yes. So put it on in the car. If you're going somewhere like, oh, let me play this podcast I'm re- I've really been into. It's pretty cool. I'm, I think you might like it. Or put it on while you're cleaning. So they can, you know, maybe they'll just kind of, it'll pique their interest and, and get into it. We love a new listener. Definitely. So as always, and thank you so much to that person that wrote us that listener question. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, if you have a question, there's something you want us to talk about, um, something that you're interested in that you would love to hear our perspective on, please email us at chakrasandshotguns at gmail.com. And check out the show notes. I'm sure we'll have a lot of notes on this episode because we got into a lot of stuff. So, yes. Anything else, me? That's all. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Namaste. Namaste.